Hi, and welcome to today's podcast. You probably already know this, but Jesus' followers need one another. Each of us are part of God's gift of grace to one another, yet for some reason we seem to think we're supposed to live our lives on our own, figuring things out on our own, suffering on our own, even rejoicing or partying on our own, but we need one another. Well, over the course of the summer, we want to present to you a series of devotionals called, you guessed it, One Another. Each week, a different person from our community will share a one another from the Bible for us, for each other. Our hope is you'll be encouraged to give and receive from one another through this series. So let's get to it. Here's today's One Another podcast. Good morning. My name is Elaine D., um, wife to Dwight and a stay-at-home mom to my two beautiful boys, eight-year-old Evan and four-year-old Derek. Today, I have the privilege of sharing with you the next devotional in ECC's One Another series. I'm here at church enjoying the beautiful sunny day, uh, and there's a bit of a breeze, and I want to thank Bruce for coming in to help me record this devotional. Dwight and I recently watched the movie, uh, Mr. Rogers' movie, It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. At the very beginning of that movie, Tom Hanks, who plays Mr. Rogers, looks into the screen and asks this question. Do you know what that means to forgive? That's the question I'd like all of us to ponder this morning. As we journey together as the body of Christ here at ECC, Do we know what it means to forgive? What does it mean to forgive one another? To help us answer this question, we will be looking at the passage in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 15. It reads as follows. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all in perfect unity. Do we know what that means to forgive? Let's think back again for a moment to the story Shar shared with us this morning. Why was Shar bothered by her handling of the incident? I think Shar was bothered because she realized that she had fallen short of Christ's calling for his disciples. In situations of conflict, the Bible reveals that Jesus expects his disciples not only to be willing to apologize, but also more importantly, to forgive. Christians, of course, don't have the monopoly on forgiveness by any means. Christians and non-Christians alike can and have extended tremendous acts of forgiveness throughout the history of humankind. Psychologists, in fact, now advocate for forgiveness as a virtue for mental and physical health. For the Christian, however, why we forgive and how we forgive are radically different. Christians are called to forgive not for peace of mind or so that we can get good karma, or because it's the good thing to do. Christians are called to forgive because we ourselves have been the recipients 
of God's gracious forgiveness in Jesus Christ our Lord. Colossians 3 verse 13 states, Forgive as the Lord forgave you. If we call ourselves followers of Jesus, his disciples, then we must follow after our Lord's footsteps. God in Jesus Christ has shown that it is not only possible to forgive, it is a defining quality of those who call themselves his disciples. Christians need to forgive because we belong to a forgiving, gracious, and merciful God. If our Lord extended forgiveness so graciously, how can those of us who call ourselves his do any less? Forgive as the Lord forgave you. When I was in my late 20s, I started going out with this guy from the church I was attending. We were both quite involved with church ministry, and so we had been friends for quite some time, and it developed quite naturally. One day out of the blue, I remember, I got a phone call from him at my workplace. He called me, he said, to let me know that he was now going to start a relationship with this other girl at church, the one he had pursued for many years before we even started dating. Needless to say, I was completely stunned at the turn of events and ended the phone call without giving him a chance to explain. It was very difficult for me to go to church for quite some time after that. I couldn't escape them at church and I found it very painful. I didn't really want to see them together or talk to our mutual church friends about it. In my mind, everyone we knew, about, who knew about our situation, was looking at me with pity. And I just felt so foolish and so wronged. I had opened up myself to him in good faith, only to be betrayed and so unceremoniously dumped. When I did decide to tell a few people about it, everyone agreed that the guy was a first-class jerk that I should have nothing whatsoever to do with him. To his credit, he did try multiple times to get me to talk to him or meet up with him so that he could explain the situation, but I wanted nothing to do with him. I knew, however, deep in my heart that I needed to forgive him, that Jesus would want me to forgive him. Knowing that and doing it were two very different things, however. I was deeply hurt and I really couldn't bring myself to forgive him. I was very angry, but I did what I could at the time. I prayed. I prayed that God would help me to forgive him. I wanted to forgive even though I couldn't bring myself to at the beginning. I knew I needed God's supernatural help, supernatural intervention in my heart. So I kept praying. It took time, but by God's grace, I was finally able to forgive and restore the relationship. Did I still think he was a first-class jerk? I did. But I no longer wished him and his girlfriend harm. In time, I was able to embrace God's forgiveness and extend grace toward both of them. Do you know what it means to forgive? Forgive as the Lord forgave you. To forgive is not an easy task. It sometimes feels like it stands in opposition to justice. Wrongs, after all, needs to be punished. Actions have consequences. There ought to be payback. It's easier to nurse our grudges and feed our anger. To forgive, on the other hand, feels 
too easy. It seemingly lets offenders get away scot-free. Applied to my story, for example, I should have waited for the guy to show some true remorse and atone for his offense in whatever way I deem necessary. And then and only then should I have forgiven him. When we look again at Colossians 3 verse 13, however, biblical scholars point out that the Greek word the Apostle Paul uses for our English word forgive is the term charizomai, instead of the more commonly used Greek term aphiemi. Aphiemi has the meaning of letting go or giving up a debt. Charizomai, on the other hand, has the additional sense of freely giving favor or that of a gracious bestowing of forgiveness. Mr. Rogers puts his answer to the question of what it means to forgive this way. It's a decision we make to release a person from the feelings of anger we have toward them. Google defines it this way. To forgive is to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake, or to cancel a debt. These definitions, while good, fall short of Christ's call for his disciples towards forgiveness. For Christians, we are not only called to let go of our anger towards those who offend us, we are also called to be gracious and generous and to forgive from the heart. The forgiveness we receive from God in Jesus Christ is a gracious one, freely given without condition. All of the punishment for sin was borne by Jesus in his death on the cross. And so while it doesn't feel satisfying for us to graciously forgive those who offend us, that is precisely what Christians receive, and that is the kind of forgiveness set before us by Jesus on the cross. Forgive graciously as the Lord has graciously forgiven you. Christians are to be people marked and filled with grace. Such generous forgiveness is, a, is an essential outworking of that grace in our broken world. Within the context of the Colossian church, it is important also for us modern readers to realize that this call by the Apostle Paul on the Colossian Christians to gracious forgiveness is part and parcel of the new life given to Christians in Christ. The practice of forgiveness, you see, is a matter of identity. In the Apostle Paul's imagery, these new life virtues of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and forgiveness are like new clothes for God's chosen people. In Christ, we get a whole new wardrobe makeover that would be the outward symbol of the new inner reality for Christians. Why is forgiveness so important for the people of God, the church? It's essential because it preserves the unity within the church, even though the church is far from perfect. Having been brought together into one body by our Lord, Christians need to be committed to love each other, despite our differences and brokenness. The church is a symbol of an alternate reality. And the fact that the people within it forgive each other graciously is a testament to that alternate reality. Forgiveness, in other words, is a powerful countercultural symbol. 
whereas the Colossian Christians seemed to espouse the same values and ideals as the rest of the Roman world in the first century, biblical scholars point out that in fact they were mounting a quiet revolution against the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire sought to establish peace through the power of the emperor, military domination, and the violent subjugation of conquered peoples. Christians, however, offered a peace that is founded on the cross and worked out in a life of loving and caring for others. Forgiveness is an essential characteristic of the new life in Christ founded in love. By forgiving within the body and outside of it, those of us who call ourselves disciples of Christ can be a shining light, offering an alternate way of life, an alternate reality, an alternate story that can lead people to faith in Jesus Christ. To forgive is not an easy task, but it is one of the essential tasks that has been set before us by our Lord. I hope that we will all take that to heart and value the reality that Jesus has brought all of his disciples together into one body. And one way this body can shine Christ's light in a broken world is by being a body of disciples that forgives one another graciously and freely. Hear these words once again from Colossians 3 verses 12 to 15 one last time. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity.